Good morning. My name is Steve Blummer. I am the pastor of family and adults here at Hope Chapel, and uh, get the honor of speaking with you this morning. The week after Easter, we started a new series in the book of Proverbs, which is in the Old Testament, all the stuff written before Christ. And uh, so, uh, Proverbs was mostly written by a guy named Solomon. Pastor Neil talked about Solomon in the introductory materials in week one. If you missed that, you can go online. I encourage you to hear that. But God had granted Solomon his desire for wisdom. It's what he wanted. God gave him that wisdom. And he was really known throughout the region for his wisdom. But the book of Proverbs is like Solomon and all the wise guys got together, sat around the uh, round table, and began to just say, hey, what do you got for some wisdom statements? Just give them to me in a sentence or two, no more than that, 140 characters or less, share your Instagram post, give me your Twitter hashtag, truth nuggets, whatever. And they took those, he wrote them all down, and he said, here's the book of Proverbs. No editing, no putting all the themes together. So what we're doing is we're looking at what are some of the common themes that you can find throughout the book of Proverbs rather than studying Proverbs chapter by chapter. So that's why we are, we are doing that. Now, you're encouraged to read through the Proverbs, whatever proverb of that day is, to read that proverb, and then through the whole month, you'll get through the, the whole entire book. Some of those Proverbs, they make sense. You read them, yeah, that's pretty wise. I get that. Some of the Proverbs you'll read and you'll go, I have no idea what that means. It took me a long time to understand what Proverbs 14, verse 4 says, and you don't have it in your notes, but it says, Where there are no oxen, the feeding trough is clean or empty, but an abundant harvest comes through the strength of an ox. I had no idea what that meant. (laughs) What it was saying was that you can have an ox, or you can have not an ox, and if you don't have an ox, there's not an abundant harvest. You need the ox, but obviously the ox... It's stinky, it causes problems, you got to feed it all the time, you got to clean up after the ox, and life would be a lot easier if you didn't have to deal with the ox, but you wouldn't get the abundant harvest at the end. So embrace the mess, embrace the tough relationships, embrace that things aren't going to go the way you like it all the time. Because at the end, there's an abundant harvest waiting for you. Proverbs 14, verse 4. So today we're going to look at a topic that I think everybody here is going to enjoy because it, not, it does, definitely doesn't apply to any of us sitting here. But when we talk about this topic, you're going to think of someone that it would apply to. The topic is laziness. Now, how many of you confess that I do have somebody in mind when you mention laziness? Raise your hand. You thought of somebody. Now, don't raise your hand on this one. How many of those who you thought of share the same last name as you? (laughs) I don't. Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Because that person may be sitting next to you. Uh, They may be down in Kids Connect, or they may be down in one of our other youth programs. Uh, but we could definitely think of someone who we would think is being lazy. And the thing is that it's so easy to point out somebody else's fault when really all of us are lazy in some area in our life, if we're honest. The thing about laziness, when we look at 
Proverbs is we, we have to approach Proverbs as and laziness as what does God define laziness as rather than what we define laziness as. See, sometimes we think of someone who's lazy and we say, well, they're lazy because they don't do it the way we would do it. They don't do it when we would do it. And maybe that person doesn't even have the education or the skill or the practice to accomplish it the way that you do it. And that doesn't mean that the person is lazy. Sometimes we think, well, they're lazy because they're watching TV or they're reading a book and they need to be doing something. But we also have to be cautious that just doing something 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we're somehow not sinning against God. But I would say that if you're doing something all the time, that you're sinning against God just as much as the lazy person. Because God never calls us to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He calls us to find a day of Sabbath, a day of rest, a day where we're resting and reflecting on him just as he took a day after his six-day work week of creating. And when we talk about laziness, we're not just talking about the workplace. There's some of you here that I would no doubt think that you're, you're not lazy when it comes to your work. But for some of us, we can work really hard during the week, and then we kind of shut the light out at work, and we're lazy at home in our marriage, in our parenting. Some of us, we can be really hard workers in our homework, but we're lazy in our friendships. We can be really hard workers when it comes to parenting, but we're lazy in our own spiritual growth. So just as Neil said earlier, I am an equal opportunity toe stepper this morning, all right? And I'm not just I'm not just trying to step on your toe, God's stepping on my toes. I can sit here and I can create a message and I can give you some great reading devotionals around Christmas and Easter and I can be the pastor of family. But I can forget to do family devotions on a consistent basis or to pray with my wife. So I think God is telling us that all of us have areas where we're lazy And not to think about somebody else, but to think about what does God want me to consider this morning? So let's take a look at laziness as found in Proverbs. Our main text this morning is going to be Proverbs chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Proverbs chapter 6. If you have, uh, you need to use one of the Bibles that's in the seat in front of you. You can pick that up. That's found on page 536. Some of them are also going to be on the screen as well. We're going to take a look beginning at Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. Go to the ant, you slacker. Observe its ways and become wise. Without leader, administrator, or ruler, it prepares its provisions in summer. It gathers its food during harvest. How long will you stay in bed, you slacker? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will come like a robber, your need like a bandit. So in this proverb, the lazy man is pitting against the ant. God is saying, consider the ant, observe the ant. And it made me wonder, why an ant? Why, why would God not say, consider the elephant? Why would he not say, consider the eagle, strong, majestic creatures? Why not consider them? You want us to observe the ant. 
small, unseen, unpraised. Oftentimes they're a nuisance and insignificant. You squish an ant, not a whole lot of people care about it. Why are we to consider the ant, to observe the ant? I think it's because in order to observe the ant, we've got to get on our knees. And we've got to be humble. And God says, I don't want you to look out and all the things that are majestic and strong and think that you've got to be some highly intelligent and highly productive person. I want you to consider right where you are at. Consider the small things right where you are. I think that's why he's saying consider the ant. There's a few things about an ant that we can apply to uh, laziness and not being lazy this morning. One of them is ants are persistent workers. Ants are persistent workers. They don't give up. They don't quit. They're very, very diligent. They keep on their path even when their path is obstructed. They finally, all of a sudden, they're going on a path, and there's a big rock in the way. And they don't say, whoop, rock is in my way. I'm done. And they go back home. They figure out, i got to get around this rock. Or, wait a minute, I can lift like eight times my body weight. Whoop. Carry this rock. Maybe God put this rock in my path because I'm going to need it to create a path later. These guys are very persistent. They keep focused on where they need to go. Even maybe there's a rushing river that suddenly comes in their path because there's some punk kid that's trying to squirt water all over the place, trying to mess up their day. They're persistent. They know where they need to go. They're very diligent. And they say, even though my way may be obstructed, I know that there's another way. It may not be the same path that I took yesterday. The path that I I need to go on may not be the sunny way. It may be through the dark and scary way. It may not be the clean way, but that's the way I need to go. And they take that path. They're persistent. Proverbs 14, verse 23 says, There is a profit in all hard work, but endless talk only leads to poverty. Some of us, we need to stop talking and start working. Little can be accomplished by just talking about it. Some of we just need to stop talking and start walking. Because the proverb says that there is profit in all hard work. Whatever hard work you're putting into, you're going to get a return. Sometimes you do a little bit of work and there's a large return. Sometimes you do a, a little bit of work and there's a little bit of return. But when you do no work, there's no return. So get out there and do some hard work. Do something rather than talking about it. And the reason you're talking about it is because lazy people have excuses for everything. They have an excuse for everything. Proverbs 22, verse 13. The slacker says, there's a lion outside. I'll be killed in the public square. There's a lion outside. Now, that's a problem. There is a difficulty in your path. There's a lion. I'm not going out there. But the ridiculousness of this excuse is that the lion is in the public square. Okay, well, what's everyone else doing? Did everyone else go home and call it a day, call it a week? 
When are they going to get re- returned to work? Is the lion even still there? Has anybody checked up on it? Or are some people getting together and say, how can we get this lion out of here? Because we got to get back to work. What's everyone else doing? It's just an excuse. We've got excuse after excuse for everything. So to avoid being a lazy person, we've got to stop making excuses and put some effort into it. Maybe it is in the, mar- in the area of your marriage. Maybe you've got to stop saying, well, I'm not going to do something until they do something. You've got to put work into it. All work has a return. So do what you're supposed to do. Maybe it's in the area of your spiritual growth. And you say, you know what? I just don't pray because I don't pray good. I don't even know what that means. God never says, I need you to pray and make sure you pray good. He just says, pray. Talk with me. Pray. And there's some guidelines in the Bible that I'm giving you a model. I'm giving you, you some examples. When you pray, pray like this. Don't pray like those people who say things over and over and over and over because they're not sure if, they, if I'm hearing them or not. Don't think that you have to pray good so that I hear you. Just pray and know that I hear you. Know that I know what's on your heart. Pray. Sometimes we say, well, I read the Bible and I have no idea what it says, so I don't read it. You're not going to understand it if you don't read it. You don't spend time in it. So you continually read it day after day, week after week. You're reading it. You're going to life group. You're talking with people and asking questions like, I didn't get this section. I didn't get this verse at all. You're coming on a Sunday morning and allowing us to kind of expound on it. People say, hey, how do you and Neil, how do you do that on a Sunday morning? We've been studying the Bible for like 30 plus years. But you've got to be persistent day after day, putting the time in. And stop giving excuses. Two, ants are self-starters and community contributors. Ants are self-starters and community contributors. In verse 7 of chapter 6 in Proverbs, it says, Without a leader, administrator, or ruler, it prepares... Just that one verse. Without a leader, administrator, or ruler. So the ant... All of the ants are out gathering food, during what, doing whatever work they need to do, and there's no one managing them. There's no organization to it. There's no one telling them what they need to do. Sometimes the ants look like they're organized. They're, maybe they're in a line. They're following one another. But they're not. There's no one being a leader. Everyone's just managing themselves. And maybe it starts out in the morning. All the ants get together, and they say, hey, where are you going, Bob? Well, I'm going over here. I went over there yesterday, and I thought I found something good. Where are you going, Rob? I'm going over here. And they kind of figure out where they're going, and and someone says, oh, can I follow you because I didn't find anything yesterday? Sure, let's go. And maybe they're going out, and someone finds a big pile of crumbs, and then they're sending an email or group texting, say, I've got a whole pile of food over here. If you're looking for work, I've got work over here. I don't know how it works, but Solomon is saying that they don't have a leader. They don't have an administrator. They don't have a ruler. They're all self-starters. They're all getting out there doing what they can to take care of themselves. Sometimes they blaze a trail. Sometimes they go together. But a lazy person will depend on someone giving them direction. And if you're a parent or an employer, you're probably trying to find Proverbs chapter 32 and to find where it says, blessed is the parent whose children do what they're supposed to do without being told. Right? The kids are making their bed, they're brushing your teeth, they're picking up their clothes, and you haven't had to say anything. 
Because you've already said it like a thousand times. You're an employer and you, you want the, the Proverbs says, blessed is an employer who has an employee who does more than what they're told. Because you're tired of micromanaging them. You're tired of giving them a punch list so they can get something done this week. You're tired of spelling out every project to the detail. You want someone that will do above and beyond what they're called to do. When I was in college and seminary days, I worked as an assistant manager at a supermarket chain. Part of my responsibility was to order the store and then to manage the stock team. And the strange thing was that if the truck was 2,000 pieces or if the truck was 800 pieces, it would still take them about an eight-hour shift to accomplish it, right? So the math was the size of the load divided by the amount of time that I'm given equals the amount of effort that I have to put forth. And I would try to say, guys, listen, this is a small load. Let's get it done really fast, and we can work on the other things that we know needs to get done as well. You've got to be a self-starter. You can't wait to get direction from other people, and that's what an ant is. They're self-starters. They get to work. A lazy person will think somehow things are going to get done. One day they'll get done. Somebody will do it. I think these are the people who eat Frosted Lucky Charms for breakfast. They believe in leprechauns and unicorns. They they have this imagination that somehow things are going to get done. They have this wishful thinking, but they have no plan to actually see it happen. The reason that they don't have what they want, the reason they don't have what they need, is because they're waiting for someone else to clear the path for them. They don't have things because they're not doing anything about it. And the truth is that if you're not going to do anything about it, it may not happen. You have to be responsible for yourself. Proverbs 12, verse 27 says, A lazy man doesn't roast his game, but to a diligent man his wealth is precious. Proverbs 13, 4, The slacker craves, yet has nothing, but the diligent is fully satisfied. Proverbs 19, 24, the slacker buries his hand in the bowl. He doesn't even bring it back to his mouth. See, a lazy person lacks what they need, lacks what they want, not because they're in a hopeless situation, not because there's no way out. It's not because they lack the education or they lack the opportunity. And sure, some people seem to have opportunity after opportunity, but God is saying that there is no one that I haven't given them an opportunity to succeed. This person in Proverbs 12, verse 27, they have some food, they have some game, but they just won't roast it. They won't cook it. They've been given this raw material, but they're not doing anything about it. It's not that you lack talent. It's not that you lack opportunity. You just won't take what you've been given, these raw materials, and to do something with it. The lazy person has his hand in the bowl, and all they got to do is lift their hand up to put it in their mouth, but, oh, I can't do it. It's in your hand. It's like God has brought you from this dark place and has brought you all the way over here, and all you've got to do is to bring it to your mouth. You're almost there. You've got one more step. Just take it. Just Do something. It's in your hand. Work it. 
The ant, though, they're, they're a self-starter. It's not just for themselves. They're thinking larger than themselves. They're thinking about the community. They go out, they look for food, not just so they can take it back to their own house, but how they can help the colony, the community at large. And I think when each ant thinks this way and knows the other ants are thinking this way, it gives them more energy, more eagerness to get out there and work harder because you're supporting a community. I came in 2012, uh, after the, this building was built in 2005, 2006. And the people that I talked to who were here building the building, they tell me amazing stories of what God was doing in order to make this place happen. They talk about the community, how people were sacrificing and coming hour after hour after their work, how people were sacrificing financially so that this building can be built. And I wonder, do we have that same community today? Does that mean that the best days of Hope Chapel are in the past? Or does that mean that the best days of Hope Chapel could be in the future? I I don't know. Sometimes they talk about the budget that it's supported majorly by not the majority of people here. The average attendance of a family could be twice a month or less. So if God is doing amazing things, can we imagine what God can do if irregular attenders says, I want to be a part of a community, and I want to be a part of a community, so I'm going to go week after week. I'm going to invest and sign up for a life group. I'm going to be a part of a community that loves me, and I'm there for them. I'm exercising care for one another. How about those who give irregularly? If we said, you know what, I'm going to follow God in obedience and I'm going to give back to God. It's his anyway. And he says, you can't outgive me. Test me in this. And I'm going to begin to give out of obedience and out of worship. If we think God is doing amazing things now, what could God do if we were really invested in this community? I think and I hope and I pray that the best days of Hope Chapel are really ahead of us. Third, ants think summer in the winter and winter in the summer. Ants think winter in the summer and summer in the winter. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 8, it says, It prepares its provisions in summer. It gathers its food during harvest. Now, this makes pretty good sense, right? If you want to be able to reap a harvest, you've got to plant when it's planting season. It makes sense, right? It's like me going at the end of the week and I step on the scale and I go, huh, I didn't lose any weight this week. You say, well, did you, did you change the way you eat? Did you exercise this week? No. And you'd go, duh. You come to me and you say, huh, look at my marriage. It's still the same. Did you do anything this week in your marriage? No. Duh. We've got to put the time and the effort in in the beginning so that we're prepared for summer and winter and winter and summer. Proverbs 20, verse 4 says, The slacker does not plow during planting season. At harvest time, he looks, and there's nothing. A lazy person fails to plan ahead. A lazy person, and we have to understand this, just because you're experiencing winter in your life does not mean that you were lazy at some other point, okay? You could be enjoying life. Life could be going great for you right now. It's like summer all the time. But you could be the one who's lazy. Because you have failed 
to think that life could get worse. You're not preparing for when winter comes. And the thing about an ant is that they know that winter is coming. And when they're in winter, they know, hey, summer's coming. Stay positive. This isn't going to last forever. Summer's coming, and I got to get myself ready for when summer comes. Because when summer comes, I want to be better prepared because winter's going to come again, and I want to endure winter a little bit better. When we first bought our house here in Sterling, I didn't really have any money left over, and uh, we bought it on uh, Halloween, and winter was around the corner. So I said, hey, I got me and a teenage boy. We'll be all right. So we got us a couple shovels. That's all I could afford. And, uh, of course, it was the year that it snowed like 120 inches. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to be the guy out there trying to shovel a foot at a time, so we went out there every few inches. Uh, one time there was a storm overnight, so I had to wake up my compadre about midnight and say, hey, we got to get out there. we got to shovel. Sorry, bro. Um, and so we go out there, and I say, hey, you start at the bottom. I'm going to start at the top. That's where the plow comes, a little bit thicker out there. We're shoveling away. About five minutes pass. I look down. I'm all alone. <laughs> it was too cold and too hard. So you better believe that during summer, I saved up and got me a snowblower, right? I'm preparing in summer for winter. And maybe you say, I don't want to shovel anymore. I want to get a snowblower. Or you're like, I don't want to snowblower anymore. I want to save enough money so I can pay the teenager next door to shovel. Because that same compadre who left me hanging, he's out every time it snows to the next door neighbors because he's getting 20 bucks a pop. That guy can think ahead. (laughs) Thinking ahead and having a plan and having some goals is not just about yourself. Again, it's not just about me, me, me being a self-starter for me, but it's about being community-minded. In Proverbs 13, verse 22, it says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren. So it's not about just making sure that we're all set when we get older, but what are we doing to... Be there for our children and for our grandchildren. That's the type of long-term goals that we need to be thinking about and creating. What kind of goals are you creating? Are you merely creating a path or are you trying to create a road? Proverbs 15, 19 says, A slacker's way is like a thorny hedge. A path of the upright is a highway. My backyard is right connected to the rail trail here in Sterling. So if I wanted to, I could hop on the rail trail. I'd have to kind of get over through the undergrowth and watch out for the thorns and pass my rock walls, a little bit of wetland so I can tightrope the log that's laying there. And I could get on the rail trail or I could get on the road, go down to the end of the street, and there's a clear path right on the rail trail. Which one am I going to take? I'm going to take the road. Now you may say, well, that's the lazy way. No, someone else made the road for me, and that's what I'm going to get on. And I could create a path. It would take some work. Or I could try to create a road that I could go on and other people can enjoy. That's the type of goals that we ought to be thinking about. What's your goal? What do you really want to accomplish? If you want to accomplish a little bit, it's going to take some work. If you want to accomplish more, it's going to take more work. Somehow we bought into this idea the American dream is to do as little as possible for the most return. We want to work as little as possible for the most return. We want to work hard now so that one day we don't have to do anything. We tell our kids, go get a great education so you don't have to use your hands. You can only use your mind. 
And in a way, there's, not, there's nothing really wrong with that because Proverbs 12, verse 24 says, The diligent hand will rule, but laziness will lead to forced labor. You know, my kids, they want to play video games. Uh, they want to grow up one day and work in a pizza shop. Awesome. Go for it. Whatever you do, do it with all your might, all for God's glory. But maybe you want to figure out how to make video games. You still get to play video games, but then you're going to learn how to make them. And you can work at a pizza shop, but then try to figure out how you can own a pizza shop. Those are bigger, bigger and, and, and better goals. So what are your goals? What kind of goals are you working on? Kind of put this all together. Again, the ant is a persistent worker. He's a self-starter. He thinks winter in the summer, summer in the winter. But the idea is that there's always work that needs to be done. There's always work that needs to be done. If it's in your workplace, if it's in your friendships, if it's in school, if it's in your marriage, if it's in your parenting, there's always work to do. And that's what can get a little bogged down. It's just the same kind of boring stuff over and over, right? Yeah. Solomon in Ecclesiastes says the sun comes up and the sun goes down. The sun comes up, the sun goes down. The sun comes up, goes down. Round and round the sun goes, racing to the place where it started before. Well, that's not very exciting for life. Yeah, but that's the kind of stuff you got to do in order to reap the harvest. Proverbs 24, 30 through 34, the last proverb we'll look at this morning Proverbs 24, verses 30 through 34. I went by the field of a slacker and by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. Thistles had come up everywhere. Weeds covered the ground, and the stone wall was ruined. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will come like a robber, your need like a bandit. The guy in his proverb, he had a field. He had a stone wall around it. That's pretty good, right? But just having a field doesn't mean that you're going to have a harvest. You guys know that. You go and apply for a job and you get the job. You're like, woohoo, I got the job. That's it. Show up Monday morning. I got the job. No, you've got to do some work or you're not going to have the job anymore. We can get married and say, woo, I'm married. I got her. I got him. Or do we have a covenant companion to where we're complimenting with each other? And that's compliment with an E, not, oh, you look nice today. It's, I'm trying to add value to your life. I care about you so much. I want to see you succeed emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. That takes hard work. If you want to succeed in your spiritual growth, it's not just coming to church a few times here and there, or reading your Bible here and there. It takes hard work. You've got to get the weeds out week after week. You've got to assess the wall year after year and patch some places that are falling over. You've got to every year plow the soil. Every year you've got to plant some seed. You've got to get there and water the seed over and over and over and over. It's going to take some work. If you don't do the work, you don't get paid in whatever area in your life that may be. So we got to observe the ant, consider the ant, and become wise. Be persistent. Be a self-starter. Be community-minded. And create some goals for our future. Let's pray.
God, we thank you for your word. Sometimes your word is very encouraging and uplifting when we're in a dark place. And other times, it steps on our toes. It slaps us in the face. You call us slack or lazy in areas where we are slacking, where we are being lazy. So God, I pray this morning that you know my heart is not to make people feel guilty, but to call us out in areas where we need to work on things and to know that it's going to take work. It's going to take perseverance. It's going to take being diligent. So God, help us to know what we need to do to put the work into it so that we can reap a great harvest. God, we pray these things in your son's name, Jesus, amen. Worship team is going to come up and encourage you to stand. If I have not had the pleasure of meeting you, I'm going to meet you out in the lobby. It would be great to talk with you. Also, after the service, there's usually people staying on the side. They would love to pray with you, whatever is on your heart. So stand up and let's worship.